Hey, Rich Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Amen. Are you guys excited to be in the presence of the Lord tonight? Amen. I'm excited. You guys can be seated. I'm excited to be here with you guys. I, I, I love to preach. I love to, uh, to be on this platform. And, and honestly, it's, a, it's such an honor to be on this platform, uh, especially because my dad is on it. And so uh, before I begin, I got to honor our lead pastors, Pastor Omar and Sister Letty. Um, yeah, as you know, my dad is actually preaching at a conference right now. So if you guys keep him in prayer. Um, I want to honor the pastoral staff, Pastor Isaac and Lizzie and Pastor Robin Harley, and also Evangelist John and Christina. Uh, if my mic keeps cutting in and out, let's replace it. Um, but also, I always have to do this. I want to honor my beautiful wife, Linda. And also her, her mom, because she's watching Natalie so she can be in service right now. So I want to give her a shout out. Um, but... How many of you guys enjoyed a conference a couple weeks ago? Man, I, I enjoyed it. And, and this conference was a little bit different for Linda and I. Uh, this conference, uh, we were actually a family of three. And so it, it, it was a little bit different navigating. Uh, if we can get me another mic right now. It was a little bit different navigating a conference. Because this conference, I was actually the busiest I've ever been during conference. And we have a baby. And so I want to give a shout out to my wife for just holding it down, taking care of Natalie, but also releasing me into, into the ministry that I was called to do. So I want to honor my wife for doing that. Uh, but this past conference was amazing. Check. Hello. Can you guys hear me? Okay. Thank you. Do I sound better? A little bit? Okay. So this past conference, we had Mosaic. And I want to read a definition that we've all probably know what a mosaic is already by now after going about three weeks on this theme. It says this, a mosaic is a unique pattern of different materials working together to form or create something beautiful. You know, as I started to plan uh, for, for my message tonight, uh, you start to think about the mosaic, right? You start to think about that definition and everything around you starts to show you what a mosaic is. And as I'm putting this message together, um, I don't know if you know, but I, I have a PC at home, right? A computer at home. And I had Pastor Rob build my PC. And I, I remember going to him saying, hey, Pastor Rob, I want a PC. I want to be able to do different things. And he said, okay. And what he did is he gave me a whole list of parts to buy. And what I did is I bought them individually, every single part I bought it. And what sucks is, I don't know if you know this, but when you buy something individually, they all come differently. They all come at different times. And so I'm waiting for all my parts to come in. I have my case, I have, you know, the graphics card, I have all these things, but I'm missing just a few items. And if you don't know anything about PCs, every part has a specific purpose. Every part in the PC, if it's not working correctly, your PC won't work. You see, I, I can have 10 parts out of the 12, but if I don't have the other two, my PC won't work. I think about this LED wall. How many of you guys love this screen? I, I think it's amazing. See, the thing about this LED wall is it's not just one big screen. Some of you may not know this. You see, we don't have just a, a huge 20-foot screen here. What this LED wall is consisted of 
is little two by two tiles. And it's created uh, to work together. The closer you get, you can kind of see the lines and you can kind of see where they come together. But how many of you know if some of these tiles don't work, it won't look very nice. Why don't you guys put that picture up that I, that I sent you guys. It looks horrible, right? So think about this. You can, you can kind of see the picture, right? You can kind of see the mosaic. You can see different colors. But you're not seeing what, is it, what it was designed to look like. You see, I began to think, you can take it down. I began to think about the mosaic of the church. If you look in scripture, it's known as the body of Christ. And I want to read in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 through 14. It says this. It says, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews and Gentiles. Some, some are slaves and some are free. We have all been baptized into one body by one spirit. And we all, shame, we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. I want to jump down verse 26 and 27. It says, one part, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. It says, all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. See, Paul explains in the best way he can what the church is. He explains the church and he compares it to the human body. He compares it to the human body and he says just how, how a human body has different parts. Every single part of your human body has a specific function, right? You have your, you have your hand, you have a nose, you have a mouth, legs, all these different things. How many of you know if you guys had lost one of the uh, one of the parts of your body it'd be kind of hard to function right it'd be kind of hard to to do normal things you wouldn't be um, you wouldn't be functioning the way you were designed to function it's the same way in the church each person in this room has a specific function that is necessary for the church as a whole whether you believe it or not, you were made to be part of this mosaic we call the body of Christ. You were made to be part of this body. You see, I think it's crazy that everyone in this room was made for a specific purpose in the kingdom of God. Whether you believe it or not, I think somebody needs to hear that. Whether you believe it or not, you were made to be part of the body of Christ. The thing is, is if we don't, don't take part in the body of Christ and we don't do what we were designed to do, the body as a whole is hurt. It says if in, in, in uh, verse 26, if one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. You see, now I think it's crazy because we're all so different here, right? We've all grown up, some of us grown up with good families. Some of us grown up wanting to forget our childhood. Some of us went to prison. Some of us didn't, has never even got a ticket. But the thing about it is we're all so different and that's what makes up the church. But what makes this beautiful mosaic is that when you look at the body of Christ, when you look at the church, even though all of us are different, even though we've all been through different things in our life, we're all connected by one thing, and that's Jesus. We're all connected by having faith 
in Jesus. You see, a mosaic church is a unique pattern of different people working together to form or create something beautiful for Christ. The church is consisted of people from everywhere, young and old, rich and poor, but people who will believe that they're saved because Jesus died on the cross and he rose again. Now tonight, I have a goal for you guys. And if you know me, I like to, I like to have a goal every time I preach. I like to have an expectation and, and, and have, have a goal for you guys. And my goal tonight is to encourage you as a church, as part of a member of the, of the body of Christ, as we take part and join in this beautiful mosaic, my prayer is that you would understand that when you're a part of the body of Christ, that you would understand that there is a responsibility from you as an individual. That in order to create this beautiful mosaic of the church, we all have to play a part in it. See, I believe there are three things I believe we need to take responsibility and be committed to as the body of Christ. You see, when you're part of the body of the Christ, I believe we need to be committed to these three things. I believe we need to be committed to living a holy and devoted life unto Jesus. I believe we need to be committed to serving. And lastly, I believe we need to be committed to unity in the church. Can you guys pray with me tonight? So, Father, we thank you, Lord, for tonight, Jesus. God, we ask for your presence even now. Lord, I pray every word that I speak, God, that they would hear your voice and not mine. Father, I pray that they would catch the revelation that you want them to receive. And, Lord, most of all, we pray that you would get the glory and that you would get all the honor, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Daisy. Everybody give it up for Daisy. I love our worship team. You see, these past couple of years, uh, we've learned something. And we've learned that the church is essential. We've learned that the church is needed. We've learned that without the church, more and more people will be lost and eventually will go to hell. See, I believe the church was created for one purpose, and that was to glorify Jesus in everything they do and to reach the lost for the kingdom of God. You see, every Christian in this room, every Christian, if you're a part of the body of Christ, you have a responsibility to play in it. Unfortunately, I believe a lot of Christians today have forgotten their own responsibility. We've forgotten that in order to create this beautiful mosaic of the church, the body needs to work together. And every member of the body needs to do what they were made to do. See, too many of us are sitting back and allowing the body of Christ to function without you. Why don't you show that picture again? Some of you are like these tiles. You're part of the body of Christ, but you're not doing anything. You're part of the body of Christ, but you're not allowing the church to be a mosaic. In fact, you're hurting the mosaic, if anything. And some of us tonight need to understand that Jesus is coming back. It says in the Bible that Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride that is holy and blameless. You can take it down. You see, we, we're the bride of Christ. And if you don't take responsibility, if you don't take part in this beautiful mosaic of the church, 
I'm afraid that when he, when he comes back for his church, you're going to miss out. See, I believe it's time that as Christians take responsibility in the body of Christ. But let me tell you, before we do anything, before we even take part in the body of Christ, we need to understand who we are without Jesus. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 and 3, it says this. Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is a spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. It says all of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclination of our sinful nature. By, by our very own nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. This is everyone in this room. This is a description of who we are without Jesus. You see, without Jesus, we're dead. Without Jesus, we are sinful by nature. And it's in our very nature that we're subject to his anger. It's in our very nature that we're subject to his wrath. And I believe too many of us have forgotten who we are without Christ. And it's caused the body of Christ to be hindered. It's caused the body of Christ to function without Jesus. And without Jesus, you can never create a mosaic. But God. Why don't you guys say, but God? If you jump down to verse 4, I love this. It says, but God is so rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It says he's so rich in his mercy and he loved us so much that even though we were dead, even though we deserved death because of our sins, it says that he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. That's the church right there. That's the mosaic right there. That's what connects us all together. That's what creates this beautiful mosaic is that Jesus died on the cross for you. He rose again and he cleansed you of your sins. You see, if you believe this, if you have faith, you're grafted into the kingdom of God. You see, if you believe this, if, if you have faith that Jesus died on the cross, if you have faith that he's forgiven you of your sin, you're now part of this mosaic. You're now part of this amazing thing we call the body of Christ. But the thing is, a lot of Christians like to stop right there. A lot of them like to finish the story there. Well, I was dead to sin, but now I'm alive in Christ. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And, and that's it. It's an amazing thing that Jesus has given us new life, and I, and I love it. And I think that this is, this is what we always talk about. He's allowed us to be a part of the body of Christ. I, I think it's awesome, but let me tell you, there was a responsibility after that. If you jump down to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 21 and 24, it says this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, literally what we just read, that he brings you new life, it says this in verse 22. Throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is cor corrupted by lust and deception. It says, instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes and put on your new nature created to be like God, Truly righteous and holy. It says we were dead to sin. Christ dies on the cross. He gives us new life, but it doesn't end there. Paul goes even further. He says that you need to throw off your, your old life. 
basically you need to get rid of the way you, that you used to live. You need to, you, you need to stop doing the things that you, you were used to doing. But then it says you need to let the spirit renew your thoughts. Not only does he say that, but he says you need to put on your new nature. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. See, as part of the mosaic of this church, we have a responsibility to be committed to living a holy and devoted life to Jesus. Let me tell you, there needs to be a separation between your old life and your new life in Christ. There need, someone needs to look at you that knew you before and says, oh man, that man's different. Man, he's not talking the same way he used to talk. Man, he's not looking at the same things he used to look at. There needs to be a separation. And that's what being holy is. It means to be set apart. It's a separation unto God. Someone's trying to get the Wi-Fi password. Sorry, let me, let me exit that. Sorry, Ashley. Um, let me tell you, your responsibility as part of the body of Christ is not just to talk about living holy. It's not just telling others how to live. It's not just telling others that you need to be holy because let me tell you, talk is cheap. See, you can say all these things, but if you're not living right, it doesn't matter. Your responsibility is to live a holy life unto God. You see, let me tell you, we're called to live at a higher standard. But if you don't have a standard and a boundary between the world and you, then there's a problem. In fact, Jesus calls us to be holy. It says in 1 Peter 1 through 15 and 16, it says, But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the scriptures say you must be holy because I'm holy. See, some of us need to understand that without Jesus, we'll never be able to live a holy life. Some of you have been trying to operate and live holy without Jesus. Let me tell you, it doesn't work. Let me tell you, you're, you're going to be like one of these LED screens that are off. That doesn't even look like anything that the, uh, of the church. It doesn't look like the beautiful mosaic that we're called to be a part of. Like Paul says, is we need to let the spirit renew our thoughts and attitudes. And we need to put our new nature on. We need to walk in Christ. And I, and I started to think about these things. And, you know, I, I, I think that there's some practical things that we need to do. How many of you guys like to know some practical things to do? I love, I love that. I love simple things. Um, one thing that I think we need to do is we need to create healthy boundaries. Some of you need to create some healthy boundaries with your old friends. Too many of us are hanging out with the friends that we used to hang out with. And we know that when we hang out with those friends, we start to think the way we used to think. We start to do things that we used to do. And you're all back to ground zero again. Some of us need to create some healthy boundary with the places that you, that, that you go to. Well, I'm going to go to this bar, but I'm not going to drink. I'm just going to hang out. I'm not going to drink. How many, of, how many of you know, if you go there, you're going to drink? That's the reality. We need to create healthy boundaries. Some of us need to create some healthy boundaries with your family. Some of your family discourage you from coming. Some of your family like to plan parties on the days that they know you're going to be in service. Let me tell you right now, create a healthy boundary. It's okay to stand for something. 
Some of us right now need to make a decision now. Let me tell you, if you don't decide now that you're going to live a life that pleases God, I guarantee you, you won't do it. You see, if I woke up and I didn't decide that I'm going to love my wife, I didn't decide that I'm going to be faithful to my wife, let me tell you, it's not going to end up well. But I have to make a decision. We all have to make a decision now that we're going to serve the Lord. It's, it's people who haven't made up their mind if they want to serve God or not, that end up leaving the church. And in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, it says, Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver? Hobbling between your two opinions. If Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. Jesus would rather you make a decision now than waver between the world and him. Let me tell you, if you don't make a decision now, you will fall eventually. I mentioned earlier that Jesus is coming back for his church. It says in the Bible that Jesus is coming back for a pure and spotless bride and that is holy and blameless. Let me ask you, how are you going to look when Jesus comes back for his church? Will you be living a holy and devoted life unto Jesus? Or will you be caught off guard because you didn't take responsibility in your part in this mosaic? Will you be like one of the ten virgins who didn't prepare enough oil and was left out of the banquet? That is why when you accept Christ, when you take part in this mosaic of the church, we have a responsibility to live holy and devoted lives to Christ. The crazy thing is your devotion to Christ affects more than just you. Your devotion and your commitment to Christ will affect your family. It will affect your friends. It will affect the people around you. I begin to think about that. Why am I serving God now? I begin to think about, I've been here since I was born. That's the reality. I've been here since I was born, and I was grafted into the church, and, and I, this is all I've known. You would think that I would get tired of it. You would think that I would get bored of coming to church. You would think that I wouldn't want to serve God anymore. But let me tell you, I had parents that were devoted to Christ. I had parents that were committed to Christ amongst everything else in the world. It's because of their devotion. It's because of their commitment that I learned how to devote my life to Christ. You guys get a hand of praise. If you've ever read in 1 Kings about the kings of, king of Israel, we have King David, right? And after that, we, he appoints and he anoints King Solomon to become king. If you've, if you've ever read it, King Solomon is, is, is awesome. He's starting to serve God and he begins, to, he, he begins to ask God, you know, God, I just want wisdom. And God was so proud of Solomon. And he's like, because you asked for wisdom, I'm going to give you everything else. I'm going to give you all this wealth. I'm going to give you all, all the kingdoms of the world. It's going to be yours. Solomon is this, this man of God, you would think. He creates this, and this majestic temple for the Lord, and he makes it for him. I mean, he, he did amazing things for the Lord. But let me tell you, Solomon disobeys a specific commandment that God has. He says, you can't marry any foreigners. You know what, you know what he does? He marries 700 of them. This guy was crazy. You see, God wanted him to be devoted to him, but he disobeys God. 
He finds himself worshiping other idols, and he finds himself building shrines for these pagan gods. In that moment, he had lost his devotion and commitment to God. But what happens after is probably more disturbing. You see, because of Solomon losing his devotion to God, because he disobeyed God, not only did he cause the people of Israel in that, in that time to turn away from God and to worship other idols, it says in the Bible that every other king after Solomon was worse than the previous king. Because Solomon disobeyed God, because he lost his devotion to God, he caused a whole generation to turn away from God and not be part of the mosaic. Your devotion to Christ will dictate whether or not some people will be part of this mosaic. There's a generation that you need to be devoted to, to take part in this generation, that they're depending on you to be devoted to Christ. Don't be like Solomon and rob a whole generation from being part of this mosaic. If you can remain devoted to him, I believe your family will be saved. I believe your friends would be saved. I believe your generations after you will begin to take part in this mosaic we call the body of Christ. See, as part of the body of Christ, we're committed to live in a holy and devoted life unto Jesus. But we're also committed to serving. You see, this culture, culture today is, a lot of Christians, it's all about consumerism. What can I get out of the church? How, how is it going to benefit me? What, what, can the, what can the church do for me? And, and nowadays, Christians want to be entertained. They want the best worship team. They want the best sound. They want the best, the, the biggest LED screen. But in fact, it's the complete opposite of what the church is about. See, the church is made to serve. The body of Christ was made to serve one another. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, it says this. For you have been called to live a life, called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But check this out. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your own sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. Jesus has given you freedom. He saved your life. He set you free. Not so that you can satisfy your own selfish desires. Not just to have a good life. You see, he set us free so that we would use our freedom to serve one another in love. Well, Jacob, I, I don't serve others in the church. I only serve God. Let me tell you, if you don't plan to serve, there's no room for pride in the mosaic. There's no room for pride in this church. Maybe the church down the street, but not this church. In Matthew chapter 25, verse 40, it says this. And the king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you, will do, you were doing it for me, to me. Because you have the freedom to serve when you serve others, it glorifies God. See, the reality is when we serve others, it's as if you're serving unto the Lord. Therefore, when we're serving, we're not glorifying that person. We're glorifying God in the process. Some of you need to change your perspective on, on serving. Don't allow the culture of this world to rob you from glorifying God because you're too prideful. Don't allow the culture of this world to rob you from glorifying God because you're too lazy. 
Jesus says to work and to serve in anything you do as if you're doing it unto me. Some of you need to find a reason why to join the usher ministry. Let me give you a reason. You do it unto him. Well, 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 Jacob, hold on. I, I, I don't want to work in the kitchen. I don't want to work when there's no power. I don't want to use a lantern for light. Let me shout out to all the volunteers that served on Sunday when the power went out. I mean, especially the kitchen crew, man. They were working in 100-degree weather with just a little lantern. All Amelia said is just give me light for my salsa and I'll be fine. And let me tell you, I believe their perspective was I'm serving unto the Lord. Regardless if it's 100 degrees, regardless if I have no light, they found joy because they were serving unto the Lord. You see, when you serve unto the Lord, when you, when you begin to serve, let me tell you, it brings promotion. Some of you want to preach so badly. Some of you want to be on the worship team. And let me tell you, some of you probably should not at all be on this worship team. Well, let me tell you, we, we, we want to do all the big things, right? We want to come up. We want to preach. We want to pray on the platform. Let me ask you, are you in any other ministry? I look at our pastors. Everyone on the, on the pastoral staff didn't start off on this stage. We didn't start off preaching. We didn't start off even praying. We started serving one another. I remember before I was even at the, uh, on staff at the church, I, I began to help Mike. I was helping him with the sound. I was crawling underneath the stage, getting all dirty because he didn't want to do it. And I was doing it. I was uncomfortable. But let me tell you, it was easy for me to do it because I did it unto the Lord. I look at our evangelist, John Tahaji. Yesterday, he was on the roof for like five hours working in the hot sun, trying to get this AC fixed for you guys. But let me tell you, he didn't complain once. He, he didn't complain that he was tired because he had just woken up from working graveyard. No, he did it because he had joy, because he was doing it as if he was working unto the Lord. The only thing that I'm saying is when you serve, it causes promotion. The only reason David was able to kill Goliath and save the Israelites was he was first serving his brother's bread. Some of you want to slay the giant, but you're not willing to serve bread to your brothers and sisters. Let me tell you, sometimes the only thing that'll get you your breakthrough, the only thing that'll get you your victory is in serving. For some reason, Christians want to stop serving in the kingdom of God because they're going through a tough time. Because they've got burnt out. Because they've been serving for years and years and that's all they've been doing. Could it be that only in your service to God, you're going to receive that breakthrough. Could it be that only in your service to God, you're going to get that victory? Some of you need to keep that in your mind that when you're serving, you're not serving other people. You're serving Jesus. You're serving the King of Kings. You see, I, uh, about five, six years ago, uh, I, I was working as a, as a finished carpenter. And, I, I, you know, this job that I was working at was, was very demanding. And it was hard to even come to church uh, because of all the hours that I was working. I remember um, conference time was coming around. And I, how many of you guys love conference, man? I just, I get so excited when conference comes. And I remember it was coming around. And, 
you know, and, and, and we have morning sessions. So I'm, I'm asking my boss, can I, miss, can I miss those days? Is it okay if I just miss Thursday and Friday? And you want to know what he tells me? No. And I was so bummed that I didn't get it approved. I was so bummed because they had asked me previously to serve at this, at, on the Thursday morning session. And I remember Wednesday night, I, I, I was at conference, and, and, and Dika closed the conference, and he, he prayed, and he was kind of telling the people what's going to happen the next day. And when he closed, he closed with a challenge. And he said, hey, if any of you guys need to do anything, whether it's call off work, whether it's to do whatever you got to do, you need to come to the morning session. And I remember thinking, like, dang, like that, that's God right there. That has to be God, Right? <laughs> So you know what? The next morning, I'm pumped up, right? I'm like, I text my boss, hey, I'm not going in today. You know, I can't, I can't go in today. I can't make it today. And I remember going to, to the morning session, and, and God, God spoke to me. I encountered God. I, I was able to serve, but I was also able to, to allow the Lord to speak to me. And I remember after service, I'm all fired up. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to, like, go out to the nations. I'm ready to do whatever it takes to, to serve God. And I remember after the morning session, we're all just kind of hanging out, and I get a text from my boss saying, hey, you know, come pick up your tools. You're off the job. And, man, that kind of hit me. Because if, if, if you don't know, I was, I was planning to propose to my wife already. I was planning to get married, and I lost my job. In that moment, I began to ask God, God, is this what I was supposed to do? Is this what you wanted me to do? I called off work because I wanted to serve you. I called off work because I wanted to get uh, a word from you. And I, and I remember just questioning God. God, why did I come to serve? Why, why, I, I should have went to work. And I remember telling Pastor Isaac what had happened. And I was telling him how, how scared I was because I lost my job. And, and I told him everything. And he, all he said was, we're going to trust God. And I'm like, okay, you know, I understand that, but what, what are we going to do right now? And so I, I just had to trust God. And I remember a couple days went by, and I get a call from Pastor Isaac. And he says, hey, I got an interview, interview for you. This guy, this guy wants to hire you, but all he has to do is talk to you first. And I remember going into the interview, and I remember thinking, like, man, like, are you sure you want to hire me? You don't even know who I am? Like, I didn't, I didn't even tell you what I do. I didn't even tell you who I am, and you, you want to hire me? And I remember walking out of that interview, one, I had better pay. I had better hours that I was able to come to church. I gotta give praise to God. But as I'm walking, because I had to park far, as I'm walking back to my car, I just begin to think. I begin to think. What if I didn't call off work that day? What if I didn't want to serve God in that moment? What if I would have stuck it out, all right, I'm going to go to work, and I'm just going to do it because I have to. When I know for a fact God wanted me to be at that service. I don't know if I'd still be here today. It was in my service to God that I got a promotion. Let me tell you, if you're struggling with serving right now, it's going to come. Breakthrough is going to come, but you have to continue serving. The mosaic that, that Jesus is creating is it's, 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 for, it's for him. It's for the church. He's creating a church that is committed to living a life that is holy and devoted to him. 
A church that is committed to serving him and others. And lastly, and I can have the worship team come up. It's a church that is committed to unity. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1 through 6, it says this. Therefore, I, a prisoner serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an, allowance, make, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourselves united in the spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one spirit. Just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and, one, and Father of all. Who is over all, in all, and living through all. Paul is urging us, the church, to be united with one another. We as a body of Christ, as one spirit, that in order to create this beautiful mosaic, we need to be in unity with one another. Let me tell you, it's up to you. You can decide to bring unity in the church or bring division. Paul says you need to be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another. Meaning we need to be putting up with one another in love. Now I understand nobody's perfect, and I don't think Paul's saying that. But what he's saying is we need to treat those around us in love. But not only that, we need to make every single effort to keep ourselves united. Paul understood that selfish ambition and pride would always cause division. If the enemy can do anything in the church, it's going to cause division. Because when we're divided, let me tell you, we're weak. In Mark chapter 3, verse 24, it says, If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. I'm going to be real with you guys tonight. Some of you just need to stop fighting. Some of you just need to stop fighting with one another. Some of you just need to forgive. Some of you just need to apologize to some people tonight. It's when you hold on to unforgiveness in your life, all you're doing is allowing the enemy to take apart the mosaic of the church. All you're doing is allowing the enemy to put some black tiles on this picture. Unforgiveness is a poison that we're voluntarily drinking. And unforgiveness will hurt the body of Christ. Some of you need to just stop competing with one another. You see, one of the things in our church that we love to do is we love to celebrate one another. We celebrate the victories with one another. We don't become jealous. When someone gets a promotion, when someone does something good, we don't go and gossip to our friend because oh, oh, they shouldn't have got that. They shouldn't be in that position. They shouldn't have spoken on stage. Let me tell you, in James chapter 1, verse 22, 26, it says this. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are only fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. You see, let me tell you, no matter how spiritual you think you are, I don't care if you read the Bible every day, I don't care if you pray every day, if you're not able to control your tongue, if all you're doing is gossiping, what you're doing is worthless. Jesus calls us to build one another, not to tear each other down. You want to know how you dis 
distinguish a godly person and a wicked person? Listen to how they talk. Listen to how they talk to other people and how they talk about people. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 15, it says, Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. See, let me tell you, unity is a choice. We choose whether or not we want to be part of the mosaic of Christ. We choose whether or not we want to bring you unity or bring division. When there is unity in the body of Christ, it causes not that uh, it causes others not that are not yet part of this mosaic to find Jesus, but they find their place in the body. You see, when we're united, a united church, let me tell you this, a united church reaches lost. A lot of times uh, uh, the church as a whole, or even, even us as individuals, we think that uh, bringing people to Christ, that we need to go outreaching, and that we need to go sharing on Instagram. Now, now all those things are great. I mean, we continue to do it, and, and I want to encourage you guys, continue to do it. But let me tell you, one of the most effective ways of leading, of reaching the lost is a church that is united. And I'm going to read a scripture for you guys. In Acts chapter 2, verse 44 and 47, it says this. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared their money with those in need. They worshiped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity. Listen to this all while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. It says that the Lord added to their number daily of those who were being saved. The result of a healthy and united church is salvation. People who are lost and broken are now finding Jesus. People who were once addicted are now being set free. People who were dead to sin are now coming back to life in Christ because of unity in the church. Never minimize what a healthy and united church can do. I know some people who've come to church because they were invited, but they stayed because of the union in the church. God will always honor unity. God will always honor you who unify the church. Reach church. We're part of the body of Christ. And we have a responsibility to be committed to unity with one another. I'm going to be real. I don't care what what person has done to you. I don't care if you can't stand with working with that specific person. Let me tell you, it's more than just about you. This is all about reaching the lost. It's about seeing more souls enter the kingdom of God. It's about seeing more souls be a part of this beautiful mosaic of the church. God forbid that I end up like Solomon and I end up robbing multiple generations of of serving Christ because I lost my devotion to Christ. Because I was too prideful to forgive one another. I was too prideful to apologize. We have a responsibility to live a holy and devoted life to Christ. We have a responsibility to be committed to serving. And we have a responsibility to be committed to unity in the church. Why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes tonight? I'm here to encourage you guys. 
that when you guys join the body of Christ, that it doesn't just stop there. Let me tell you right now, there's no better thing to be a part of than the body of Christ. There's nothing this world has to offer that can even come close than to being with Jesus. See, I'm part of the body of Christ and I'm committed because Jesus was committed to me. I think about why I serve him. I think about why would Jesus die for me? As jacked up as I was, as, as jacked up as some of you were, says that he still died for you. While we were still sinning in the world, Christ died for you. And Paul explains it perfectly that without Christ, we're dead to sin. Without Jesus in our life, we're not going to be part of this mosaic. Without Jesus in our life, when he comes for the bride of Christ, we're going to miss out. We're not going to be going with him because we weren't committed to Jesus. Let me tell you, the only way that we can receive this gift of salvation is if we repent. Is if we repent and we ask Jesus for forgiveness. All Jesus needs is someone who's willing to admit that they're a sinner. Willing to admit that they need a savior and they're in need of forgiveness. See, tonight, I don't know everyone in this room. I don't know even what you've done. But let me tell you, Jesus died for you. You may have sinned yesterday. You may have even sinned on the way here. But let me tell you, Jesus died for you. Jesus wants to forgive you of your sins. He wants to give you a new life. He wants you to be created new. He wants you to be part of this mosaic. But it starts with repenting. It starts with asking Jesus to come into your life. Now, I know I wasn't really preaching a a gospel message, but I believe that someone in this room needs to hear this. That it doesn't matter what you've done, doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from. Jesus is willing to forgive you if you're willing to ask. Tonight, if you're in this room and you've never accepted Jesus, it's in your heart. You've never asked Jesus to come into your heart. You've never been part of the body of Christ. You've never been part of the mosaic. But you're saying, Jacob, man, I want to be part of it. Jacob, man, I... I, I want to serve God. I want him to come in to my heart. If that's you, and you want Jesus to come into your heart, you want the gift of salvation, all I want you to do is just lift your hand. If there's anyone in this room who wants to give their life to Jesus, I want you to just lift your hand. I'm not going to take very long on this, but I don't want to leave this room without giving you guys an opportunity. If you've never given your life to Christ, maybe you've done this before. Maybe you've given your life to Christ, but you've left and you stopped serving God. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life to Christ, I want you to just raise your hand. I see that hand. Thank you. I see that hand. Thank you. Hands going up all over the place. See, I believe Jesus is here. And Jesus is speaking to each and every one of you. If you want to be part of this mosaic, 
If you want the gift of salvation, all you have to do is ask. All you have to do is confess your sins. It says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to purify you from all unrighteousness. See, Jesus wants to cleanse you of all your sins. He wants to give you this new life. But all you have to do is ask him. All you have to do is confess that you're a sinner. I did this years ago. And I never went back. Because Jesus is faithful. He's faithful to his word. He's faithful to his promises. I'm going to ask one more time. If you want to accept Jesus into your heart, I want you to raise your hand if you haven't already. I see that hand. Anyone else before I change the order of the service? If you want to accept Jesus into your life, just raise your hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Jesus is in this room. And all he wants to do is give you an opportunity to come into your life. Think about Jesus is he won't force you to do it. In fact, he died for you without your permission. But it's up to you to ask for forgiveness. You see, salvation is ready for you to receive. Forgiveness is ready for you to receive. But it's up to you to decide if you want it or not. So tonight, if you want to accept Jesus into your life, if you haven't already, I want you to raise your hand. All right. For those of you that raise your hand, I want you to just look up at me. If you raise your hand, just look up at me. You guys mean that? You mean that? You mean that back there? If you've meant that and you want to receive Jesus, if you raise your hand, can you guys just meet me at this altar? Can you guys get up from your seat and... It's a little bit, it's a little bit awkward, right? A little bit uh, scary, but we're, we're going to clap for you guys. If, if you raise your hand, why don't you meet me at this altar? Come on, give it up, man. People are ready to accept Jesus into their life. How you doing? Come on, give it up, guys, man. Jesus is in this room. And people are giving their lives to Jesus. Come here, man. How you doing, man? Awesome. Let me tell you, I made this decision years ago. I did what you guys are doing right now. Because I understood that without Jesus, I'm dead. Without Jesus, I'm a sinner. Without Jesus, there's no way that I can be part of this beautiful mosaic. But let me tell you, when you accept him, you're a part of it. When you accept him into your life, you're part of the body of Christ. And let me tell you, when I made that decision years ago, it changed my life forever. Check. It changed my life forever. Let me tell you, I never went back. I never went back to my old life because Jesus is just that good. He's so satisfying. There is nothing else that can compare to Jesus. 
Now tonight, I'm gonna say a prayer with you guys. What I'm gonna have you do, I'm gonna have you repeat after me, but I don't want you to pray it to me because I can't save you. I can't forgive you of your sins. I can't cleanse your sins. The only person that can is Jesus. And so when you repeat this prayer after me, I want you to say it as if Jesus is in this room. Because I believe right now that he's standing with us. I believe right now he's in this room and all you have to do is pray. All you have to do is pray as if Jesus is in this room. Can you guys all bow your heads and close your eyes? And I want you to repeat this prayer after me and if, if the congregation wants to repeat it as well so they're not alone, that'd be awesome. So I want you to say this prayer. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I ask you, Lord, to change my life that from this day forward, I will honor you, I will serve you, and I will devote my life to you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys can pray with them. and Why don't we all stand up in this place? See, tonight I talked about how we as a body of Christ create this beautiful mosaic. And we're all grafted into this uh, beautiful mosaic, but let me tell you, we have a responsibility. Tonight, if, if you want to accept responsibility, if you want to accept responsibility and take part in this mosaic, take part in the body of Christ, I want you to just come forward. If you're saying, Jacob, I'm gonna take responsibility I'm going to take responsibility for the body of Christ. Begin to come. Come on, we're going to pray with you guys. Begin to come. God, I'm going to take responsibility. God, I'm going to live a life that is devoted to you. I'm going to live a life that is holy, God. I'm going to live a life that is serves you and you alone, Jesus. I'm going to live a life that commits to unity in the church. Come on, church, begin to pray. Begin to ask the Lord, God, I recommit my life, God. God, I recommit my devotion to you, Jesus. Lord, let me not rob a generation from receiving you, Father. Father, let me be unified in the church, Lord. Let me to be devoted to you, God, and to you alone, Father. Lord, it's all about you, Jesus. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com give.